Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It is April 24th. We have a mix of news this week, delving into various stages of production, exploration, and acquisition. Starting us off, Managing Director and Head of Equity Research David Talbot is here to update us on Can Alaska's recent drill results. Rounding out the episode, we're joined with Timothy Lee, Mining Analyst, as he provides details on Lumina Gold's pre-feasibility study and SilverX Mining's financial results and new project acquisition. David, what's top of mind for you? Thank you for the introduction. I'm David Talbot, Head of Research here at Red Cloud Securities, and I'm here today with Red Cloud Mining Analyst Timothy Lee. We're very pleased to join you again today for our 41st installment of our Research Roundtable, which is a series of brief comments from the Red Cloud Research team. Today, I'd like to discuss Can Alaska Uranium. It's CVV on the TSX Venture, and we have a speculative buy on the stock. This is a banking client of Red Cloud Securities. Can Alaska is one of our favorite Athabasca exploration companies. Last week, the company announced that it had intersected high-grade unconformity uranium mineralization at its 25% owned Moon Lake South JV with Denison Mines. And this is a different project than the Pike Discovery on the MacArthur West JV with Cameco. Assays included 1.38% U308 over 7.8 meters, including 2.9% over 3.1 meters, and 0.7% over 1.2 meters in the same hole, 10A. This is the best intersection to date on the property. You might even call this a discovery, but we'd like to see some further results. Uranium was identified in four of the six winter drill holes, about 3,300 meters of drilling, during this $1.6 million winter drill program. Targets followed up on anomalous uranium that was found in 2016. Now, the high-grade uranium mineralization in hole 10A was found about 30 meters above the unconformity within Athabasca sandstones. The hole is also open in multiple directions. Several of the other holes also hit low-grade uranium over narrow widths in the same area. They all have the right alteration, the structural disruption within the lower sandstone as it approached the CR fault. Uranium mineralization is now confirmed within multiple zones along a four-kilometer trend, and this bodes well for having the right rocks and the right structure in place to allow hydrothermal fluid migration over distances. Notably, there's a 1.2-kilometer gap between this high-grade intercept and a 0.12% over 0.2-meter intercept to the northeast along a trend that was drilled in 2021. Infrastructure is excellent here in the southeast Athabasca Basin. The property lies just south of Denison's large and high-grade Wheeler River project. It can be accessed by the Fox Lake Road, which also connects various deposits to the main highway close to the Key Lake Mill. We view results from this third round of drilling at Moon Lake South as very positive. It has intersected a new and wide high-grade uranium mineralization at depths of just over 400 meters core length. And while this discovery is in the early stages, it is quite encouraging that multi-percent assays are already being identified. Unconformity-style mineralization is really noted for its large, high-grade deposits on the eastern side of the basin. That includes MacArthur River, Cigar Lake, Phoenix, Hurricane, and others. As we said at the top of the podcast, Can Alaska now has multiple high-grade uranium discoveries in the area, including this Moon Lake South, its basement-hosted Pike and 42 zone discoveries at West MacArthur. Now, we've talked about those before, notably the Pike zone discovery of last year that hit 2.4% over 9 meters, including 3.5% over 6 meters. 
And that is a long trend of another hit of 4% over 2.3 meters, including 25% over 0.3 meters that extended the zone. And those are a long trend of Cameco's 68 million pound Fox Lake deposit that grades the impressive 8% uranium. So two recent discoveries is very positive for a company with a market cap of $40 million. The discovery is shallower than its basement-hosted Pike Zone, and while it just owns 25% of the Moon Lake South project, it comes with the benefit of financial backing and technical expertise of its partner, Denison, who is already active in the area. Tim, would you like to say a few words today? Thanks, David. This week, I will speak about two companies. First, Lumina Gold Corp, that's L-U-M on the TSX Venture Exchange, reported results of a pre-feasibility study for its Concrejos Gold Copper project in Ecuador. We have a buy rating and a $2.15 target price on Lumina. The PFS assumes production of 11.6 million ounces gold and 1.4 billion pounds copper over a 26-year mine life for average annual production of 371,000 ounces of gold and 41 million pounds of copper at an AISC of 671 an ounce gold net of copper byproduct credits. We note that all amounts are in U.S. dollars. Initial CapEx is estimated $925 million, with additional capital totaling $454 million for two expansions during the mine life and sustaining CapEx totaling $598 million. Using 1650 an ounce gold and 375 a pound copper prices, the study yields an after-tax NPV 5% of $2.2 billion and an IRR of 17.2%. Notably, the initial CapEx of $925 million is only a modest increase from the $915 million in the 2020 PEA. There are a few other differences between the assumptions in these two studies. The higher strip ratio in the PFS is in large part due to treating saprolite and saprock as waste material in the PFS. The PFS uses a lower initial throughput of 30,000 tons per day from 40,000 in the PEA. There are two expansion periods in the PFS versus one in the PEA. And finally, the PFS assumes a lower corporate tax rate and no import taxes on CapEx due to changes in tax laws by the Ecuadorian government. The PFS is based on an updated resource estimate, which now includes an indicated resource of just over a billion tons grading 0.48 grams a ton gold and 0.09% copper, and an inferred resource of 296 million tons, grading 0.39 grams a ton gold and 0.07% copper. This increases the total contained metal to over 20 million ounces of gold from 17 million ounces previously, and Congrejos now ranks as one of the 30 largest gold deposits globally. Completion of this PFS allows the company to commence negotiating terms for its investment protection agreement and begin the permitting process for construction. Completion of this PFS is an important positive milestone for Lumina Gold. The results are within the range of our expectations, and they further demonstrate that this is a major-sized project. Further, completion of the PFS is important as it allows the investment protection agreement and permitting to proceed, opening the door to further advancement toward production. Secondly, I will speak about two items from Silver X Mining Corp. That's AGX on the TSX Venture Exchange. We have a buy rating and a $1.05 target price on Silver X. 
SilverX reported financial results for the fourth quarter and full year of 2022. For the quarter, the company reported a net loss of US $6.9 million or four cents a share versus our estimate of zero cents a share and consensus of earnings of one cent a share. All amounts here are in US dollars. The operating loss for the fourth quarter was 0.3 million. The company had already stated that operations were impacted by road closures in Peru due to political demonstrations. While this did not directly impact the mine or SilverX's personnel, it did result in supply chain management issues that impacted the operating and financial results. As well, there were other one-time issues that impacted the results. During the quarter, the company incurred $1.1 million in impairment of non-core exploration and evaluation assets and $2.1 million in loss of conversion of a convertible debenture. If we strip these items out, the net loss totaled $3.7 million or $0.02 cents a share. The company stated that operations returned to normal in early 2023 and anticipate continued production ramp-up. SilverX also announced that it had entered into an agreement to acquire the Revenue Virginius mine in Colorado out of receivership. Under the terms of the agreement, SilverX will pay a total consideration of $4.5 million in staged payments for the project, or that can be reduced to $3.5 million if paid by the end of May 2023. Revenue Virginius is a past-producing mine with historic mining dating back to the 1890s. More recently, Arcana Silver operated the mine, from 2019 to 2022, recommencing production before Orcana ran into financial hardships and the project was placed in receivership in March 2022. A December 2021 resource estimate includes measured and indicated resource containing 30 million ounces of silver equivalent and inferred resource containing 13.2 million ounces of silver equivalent. Within this is a reserve totaling 21.2 million ounces, grading 36.9 ounces of silver equivalent per short ton. In the latest feasibility study for the Revenue Virginia silver mine effective uh, December 31st, 2021, the property has an after-tax NPV of US 75 million and an IRR of 71%. Total production is estimated at 17.7 million ounces of silver equivalent payable over the six and a quarter year mine life, including average annual production of 3.1 million ounces of silver equivalent for the first five years, with an AISC of $11 per ounce silver equivalent. SilverX is planning to conduct a 12 to 18 month exploration program to confirm and strengthen the data and its geological understanding of the project. In our view, this is a positive acquisition for SilverX. Revenue Virginius is a high-grade mine with the potential of rapidly coming back into production. The purchase is well below the NPV 5% of $75 million, which still has additional upside in the form of inverted resources that were not included in the feasibility study and further exploration upside. Thanks for listening to the Red Cloud Research Roundup podcast. We hope you enjoyed this dive into recent notable mining news. Remember, you can join us every Monday for new episodes. And as always, you can head over to redcloudsecurities.com to access our research portal, to read full disclosures, and to sign up to our email list. That's it for this episode, and see you next time.